Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to part five of my Purpose of Singleness course. We're in part five already, and today we're going to be talking about singleness and spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about strategies you can implement and uh, things to be aware of in regards to Satan's devices as you navigate this period of life in your singleness. So if this is something that you feel is a blessing to you, um, and this is your first time with this channel, make sure you come on, hop on in, um, subscribe, hit the bell uh, so that you could be a part of this course. Also, if you just if you're new to this and you want to get more resources like um, the worksheets and and activities, make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com and you'll be able to register for free this course and you'll be able to get all the worksheets for this. But for those who's watching me live, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on January 30th, I want to say thank you all so much for uh, for being students in this course. Um, it's humbling um, um, and, it's, and it's an honor um, to be able to serve you all through the help of the Holy Ghost, um, to help you guys navigate um, the season that you're currently in. And so I just want to welcome you all who's watching live. And for those who's watching later on YouTube and listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much for listening and joining in. I pray these resources and tools have been a blessing to you. But everyone that's in here now or watch later, make sure as you come in, hit that like button so this video can get some traction. And uh, for those who got their notes, let's get right into it. But before we do so, let me go into the chat box. Uh, select What's going on? Hey, coach, always a blessing to you and Miss Ezzy. I tried contacting your email. Oh, I think I e just emailed you. Make sure you check email. I believe you're the one I just emailed back. Jay Diggs, what's going on? Hello, hello. Hello again from the kitchen in Detroit. Thank you for watching in the kitchen. Opia, I know you chef with the pot. I know you're cooking something good over there in Detroit. Uh, what's going on? Um, oh, I'll get to y'all's questions towards the end. Uh, make sure you copy and paste those questions, and um, I'll get to them probably in about an hour or so after I go through the lecture points. Um, hope y'all are doing well. Um, let me know where y'all watching from. We got Kimmy from Atlanta. Good evening live from Virginia. Hey, what's going on from Arizona? <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Filling in the building. First time in your live says, thank you so much for joining me live. It's an honor to have you. I pray that you got your pen and paper. And if you haven't got the worksheet already, you can download it now at lifework.teachable.com. Just hit the course uh, uh, section for this uh, <clears throat> course and you'll be able to download it. Atlanta in the building. What's going on, Aline? How you feeling? Um, oh, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to the questions real soon. Baltimore in the building. You're so welcome, Celeste. Hey, what's going on, Josh? Been a minute. Whoop, we glad to have you, Brittany. No problem. Glad to have you. Hey, what's going on? God, um, listen, it's an honor to give the gift. Freely I receive, freely I give. So I thank you so much for joining. Bermuda in the building. Liberty, Ohio, Charlotte. We in the same city, fam. Thank you so much for watching. Um, yeah, email your vision, boys. Next week, I'll be picking a winner. Maybe a couple. We'll see. Houston in the building, West Virginia. Hey, Coach, how's crushing us? Oh, we'll get to the questions a little bit later. I know this is kind of confusing because a lot of you all are, are more um, are used to the live Q&As <clears throat> sessions. Um, but this is a course. I'm actually a lecture, so I'll be speaking for some time. But make sure um, to stay with me. And if you have to go, jump back in. But later on in the, in the course, I'll be having a live q and Let's get right into our points because I have a lot of things to cover. And I really do believe that um, this is a very important lesson because we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. And and I experienced a little light warfare today because anytime you speak on warfare, the enemy doesn't want you to be uh, as as um, uh, uh, focused, as sharp as you need to be. But we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So nothing by any means had hurt me today. Just little <clears throat> semi-attacks on the body, but coach. Been in the game a long time, so we know how to navigate it. Dallas in the building, Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, 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 let's get right into it. Um, but before we get started, 
Um, I want to make sure you guys understand and hear me closely um, that you can get these worksheets now at lifework.teachable.com because I have an activity that will kind of help you process. Also, there will be a free link. Uh, I don't think I put it under there, but I'll make sure after this uh, video, I'll put it in there um, where you can download my free book. Uh, my, well, it's not, well, it's on Amazon. All my books are over there, but it's a book on spiritual warfare and you, you could be able to download that for free. <clears throat> but if you're a paper book person like myself, you can actually uh, purchase that book on Amazon as well. But of course, the, the theme, the main book for this uh, course is The Purpose of Singleness. All right, let's get right into it. There's a few scriptures that we're going to cover today. Um, they're on the right side of your worksheet. Before we get started, let's pray and, and position this uh, and this course in its proper uh, posture uh, for the power of God to move. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity you've given me to speak in light of your power, your authority you've given us as believers, as well as to reveal the devices that are demonically uh, set against us for our downfall. I thank you, Father God, for your divine protection over everyone listening and watching, your, your residual protection, your continuous protection as they navigate in some of these, in these, in some of these truths and principles. And I thank you, Father God, that you'll cover this session, seal it, Make it powerful, anointed, because we know anything that you speak through me is going to be anointed. So, Father, I humble myself and I allow you to do your work. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, every principality, every witch, every warlock, every spell, anyone that maybe try to come against myself and the teaching of this message. You are counseled. Every plot has been counseled and removed from its assignment in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I turn my attention back to you. I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to serve your people. Use me in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Um, let's get right into the main thought. The main thought for tonight's course is this. Satan and his world system wants to stifle the potential growth of your singleness because in doing so, he will have the opportunity to sabotage your destiny. The main thought for tonight's session is this, that Satan and his world system wants to stifle, stifle, hinder the potential growth of your singleness, because in doing so, he will have the opportunity to sabotage your destiny. Now, what does that mean? Simply this. The enemy knows the importance and the value of the single season. He knows that when a person maximizes their singleness, that that preparation, that work, that, that value, that wisdom that they gain from uh, engaging God immensely in that time will help and, and will, will perpetuate into their purpose, whether in marriage, whether in ministry, whether in, in, in career. And he understands that the best way to do that is to send specific devices into your life to ensure your downfall. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, helping you become more aware of the specific satanic devices, demonic devices that are set against singles to cause them not to maximize it to, and, and cause them not to be fruitful for God's glory. But let me read through some scriptures real quick um, just to kind of give you a foundation of what we may be um, going through. <clears throat> I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six verses. We may get to some of them, but some of this is just for your leisure, uh, for your time and your studies. But 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, for we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Second Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or the flesh, but have divine power to the pulling down or destruction of strongholds. We destroy, verse 5, arguments in every lofty opinion, raising his knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12 says, put on the whole armor of God, which this, this verse is really broken down in my book, 
World War Me. So you'll be able to, if we with, with the free download, with the purchase, you will be able to really understand the full armor of God. So we may not labor on these points in this verse long because later on in the course, we'll be taking some very, uh, uh, we'll take some time, <clears throat> excuse me, to break it down. But it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself, therefore unto God, resist the devil and he will flee. Luke 10, 19, behold, I have given you authority, Jesus talking to us, to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. But let's get right into the problem. And I have a lot of points that kind of are rooted in these scriptures. So I want to get to them so we can get to your questions as well. Problem, here we go. Many people are ignorant, many singles or people are ignorant of Satan's devices and are up under deceptions that's devouring them and delaying or destroying what they desire to have. The problem when it comes to a lot of singles and just people, period, is that many people are ignorant, completely unaware of, uh, naive to Satan's devices and are up under deceptions that's devouring them and delaying slash destroying what they desire to have. The enemy knows that when it comes to destiny, that that as humans, we desire. There are some things that we desire. For singles, there's individuals who desire success in careers, success uh, in, in life. Many people desire marriage, and he understands that desire without discipline uh, stifles destiny. So his ultimate objective is to make sure that you are not in position um, to manage what God wants you to have because he understands that, that God cares about your manageability, your ability to manage a thing versus your ability to ask for a thing. Because many people, when they ask from God, rarely consult their hearts because we are so desire dominant than discipline dominant. And so Satan understands that the best way to stifle your purpose, the best way to stifle your growth is to send specific satanic devices into your singleness within your mind, within your emotions, within, within your perspective to hinder you from being successful. Many people or singles are ignorant of Satan's devices, that there are temptations and devices tailored to you based upon your past, based upon your, your personality, based upon your emotional structure, based upon your focus. So he already has devices set up designed to ensure your downfall. The enemy does not waste his time just throwing things at you. Demons are watchful. They observe everything you do. They process information. Your personality trait, your kind has been seen before, and their goal is to continue the stronghold uh, uh, systems that was in your forefathers and foremothers to be evident in your life, keeping you from progressing. So the reason why many people are not effective in life is because they are completely unaware of Satan's device. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, but we are not ignorant of his devices. Let's keep going. Many people or singles are ignorant of Satan's devices and are up under deceptions. Right now, each and every one of us are either in or either entering or are currently in or are exiting a deception. Each and every one of us are up under a lie. And that's why the Holy Spirit's job is to lead and guide you into all truth. It didn't say lead you to the truth, but to lead you to all truth. Yes, Jesus is the truth, but within him as the truth 
He will begin to reveal truths in your life that will set you free. He came to set the captives free. He says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And last we talked about that not only are you free indeed, but you are free in your deeds. But it comes in the willingness of you to sacrifice your selfish carnal will to allow the Holy Spirit to drive you. But, but a lot of people are, are, are comfortable in deception because deception makes you comfortable. Deception is enticing. Deception uh, makes you feel uh, unsafe and secure because many people do not want to go into truth because truth is uncomfortable. Truth is like light. Light exposes. So many people love the darkness because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. So the devil's ultimate objective is to ensure that deception is dominant in your life and that you have no desire to pursue the truth. My question to you is, do you have a desire to be set free in every area? If so, you allow the truth of God to be revealed. And, and, and until you recognize the truthfulness of your nature, the truthfulness of life, you will not be able to welcome the truth of life, who is Jesus. Many people or are, are singles are ignorant of Satan's devices and are up under deceptions that's devouring them. Satan's deceptions are devouring us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Wherever there's deception, there's in, in, inevitable or, or immediate destruction. Inevitable or immediate destruction. Right now, you are either transforming or conforming, and it's based upon the process that you allow to put yourself under. If you conforming, you allowing the world system and its devices and its deception to mold you into an image that's contrary to Christ. But if you allow the Spirit of God to renew your mind, and you allow Him to uh, open uh, truth, then you will begin to find yourself transforming into the image of Christ through him as a truth and his truth setting you free. <clears throat> Excuse me. Many singles or people are ignorant of Satan's devices and are up under deception that's devouring them emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and delaying or destroying what they desire to have. He knows the best way to destroy your purpose is to ensure he has your passions that he has your heart, that he has your emotions, that he has your number one perspective, number two, your passion, number three, your patterns. Let's break that down. Not in my notes, it came on top of the dome. Number one, he wants your perspectives because as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, so are they. If he can have your thoughts up under deception, then he can destroy your life. He wants your perspectives. He wants to determine how you view things through music, through movies, through uh, 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 the satanic order, this world system, through demonic influence, through peer pressure, through family pressure. He wants your perspectives. He doesn't want you to think on things that are above. He wants you to think on things that's around you, that's that's underneath you <clears throat> versus thinking on things that will cause you to become above the temptation of this world. He also wants your passions. If he can have your, if he can have your perspectives, he can have your passions. Your passions are your emotions. It's crazy how many of us or many people are passion dominant, but don't have a sound mind. You won't have still emotions until you have a sound mind. The soundness of your mind comes from the recognition or recognizing the Savior is who He is, and salvation is evident in your life. That will then bring stillness to your soul stillness to your passions. If you can have your perspectives, you can have your passions. If you can have your passions, you can have your patterns. And if you can have your patterns, you can have your purpose. Your patterns are your actions. We are creatures of habit. Therefore, if he can have your thoughts, he can have your emotions. If you can have your emotions, he can have your actions. And your actions will determine uh, what you produce in life. 
Let's keep going. Now we're going to break down Satan's devices. And I spelled the word devices. These are the top devices that are sent against people, whether single or married or whatever stage of life you're in. Now, <clears throat> the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, for we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Now, here are some devices that are set against singles, people in, in general, but I'm going to break it down for those who are single. Here are Satan's devices against single people. Number one, deception. We already broke that down, but self-deception uh, self and deception, self-deception and scent deception is one of his main devices. Let's break that down. <clears throat> he knows it is very hard for people intellectually and mentally to break down the particles of deception. He knows that deception is dense, that deception is not just light. The deception is a 99.9% .9 truth and 0.1%, uh, 99% uh, uh, truth and 1% lie. His, his deception is not going to be geared towards what, what uh, a 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30 split, even though a lot of people are so deceived because of technology and because of pressures and because they how he upped the ante in regards to his uh, attack tax that that it could be a 50 50 split a 7 30 split and people will still fall for that deception but for the elite for the people that are in god for those who are pursuing god he just got to get some kind of lie in that's what he did with eve he gave a partial truth with a lot of lies right and so it doesn't matter how much is anything if there's a point if there's a percentage of poison there it doesn't matter if there's an abundance of non-poisonous uh, material that poison is enough to destroy the way you think it's the subtle deceptions the little deceptions not big deceptions some people fall for those but for those who are in Christ and those who are just trying to live life it's the subtle deception. It's a twist of God's word, the subtle twist of God's word, a subtle twist of, of, <clears throat> of perspective that warps the way you live. All he needs is a subtle gap. And over time, there will be a distance. All he needs as you go throughout life with God is a subtle move. And over time, there will be distance between you and God. He loves deception because deception is his best way of deceiving us because it has enough truth in there to at least get your attention. The goal is not to give the devil your attention because if you give him your attention, you will end up in detention. You see what I'm saying? So you got to make sure that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices, that you are aware of yourself. You are aware of your history. You are aware of what temptation that could be tailored to you and allow the Holy Spirit to bring truth to every deceptive lie of the enemy. Next point, another Satanic device that's sent against uh, um, singles, self-explanatory demons. Demons are are uh, disembodied spirits, entities, uh, fallen angels mixed with disembodied spirits whose ultimate objective is to fulfill the mission statement of the satanic empire, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. Their goal is to observe you, to watch you, to, 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 to observe your patterns, to see what you predominantly do under certain kind of pressures. And that the moment that you begin to pursue God deeply, they up the pressure to at least get you in a place where you are pushed away from pursuing him, right? And so what we have to understand is that these demonic spirits are intellectual beings. These beings are not dumb and naive and stupid. These beings are beings to, uh, with the mission to destroy you and they observe you. And when you begin to understand that the devil's not omnipresent, but he has a system of demonic spirits with demonic uh, 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 powers that are 
infused within airways through television, through music, with spell casting and, and, and mind control techniques and, and hypnosis that even are evident in churches, then you will begin to recognize that, okay, I got to be watchful for what's watching me and to make sure I stay with the one who has the all uh, uh, omnipresence, omniscience, to be able to let me know what their attacks are. So demons and deception are satanic devices that are sent to singles. The, the last D is doubt. One of the greatest satanic devices that's sent against singles is to cause you to doubt, to doubt God to die, and to doubt yourself. If he can get any type of doubt in your life, then he can cause you to uh, to, to destroy <clears throat> in of yourself. All he has to get you to do is doubt God. Did God really say Eve? Did God really say no? You won't surely die. He had her doubt God. And the same thing um, that he did in Eve is what he's doing in the garden of your life. Don't count it strange. Uh, his, his plots and schemes are predictable. And when you begin to understand the enemy, and how he operates, you will begin to predict based upon your patterns, his 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 best policies and and uh, um uh, uh tools sent against you. Now let's break um doubt a little bit more because I'm gonna talk about doubt a little bit later um and, and down the course. But but um actually I'll stop there because I'll be talking about doubt next week in regards to double mindedness. And I don't want to get into those points. I have a lot of points on doubt and double mindedness. Now E. <clears throat> another satanic device that is sent specifically against singles and other people, but exclusively now for singles is e emotional triggers. He knows that if you are emotionally unstable, you are easily triggered. If you are more predominantly in the emotional realm, then all he has to do is utilize different things that matches the strongholds in your life that will become triggers. That's why you cannot allow yourself to be easily offended. You got to look at every idol in your heart. You got to look at every emotional undealt with wound in your heart because whatever wound is inside of you, he will design a weapon against that wound. It all it takes, if you are so consumed with racism, if you're so consumed in classism, if you're so consumed in colorism, if you're so consumed in divide then his device of emotional triggers will come against you. That's why you got to make sure that you allow your heart to be cleared out of any type of, 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 of wounds that weapons could be used against. That's why you got to vent to God and process to God and say, God, is there anything in me that if when <clears throat> that if or when I'm offended, I will get out of Christ's character until my old natural habits and until producing things is not like me. That's why I had to check my heart maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago. One of the main emotional triggers that I had to deal with <clears throat> was 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 this thing that was kind of masked in, and I wouldn't say arrogance, but masked in competitiveness. That that when a person uh, uh, tr tries my intellect or tries my ability, I felt like I had to defend that. Then I had to realize, Josh, when you playing ball, all it takes is one trigger from the wrong person that, that can cause you to fight. I remember when someone in the basketball court said a racial slur to me about a year and a half ago, called me a boy. I almost, I almost choked that dude out. And when I found myself rushing him and he was calling me a boy, and he was calling me a B, man, I, about, I, I, I got so out of character that I grabbed him, but I about, I about took his life. And that was a moment where I had to realize, Josh, yo, bro, if you, if all that demon had to see was that. And he said, okay, if that triggers him, all I got to do is get him in a place that would trigger him 
and that could cause him to, to do something because look at Moses. Sometimes we get so emotionally passionate about things that we try to solve the problem before there was time, before we are uh, uh, the person to solve it. Moses grabbed the, uh, killed an Egyptian man because the Egyptian man was attacking his fellow brother, but he did something prematurely. He, he tried to set the captive free before he was set free. And in killing that man, he was exiled. But thank God, God can redeem and utilize him again. But most of us have to become aware, okay, I had to deal with that because I should not allow anybody, I shouldn't be so competitive or so caught up in the emotions of the game that if someone cusses at me or whatever, I can't get out of my character. And I had a really, it was a very alarming experience because I said, you know what? Demons are watching. And I got to deal with that competitiveness. I got to deal with that trying to, to prove that I still got it or or to, to defend myself. I had, a, I had a meditate on scripture that vengeance is mine. I repay, says the Lord. I had to meditate on that to put my heart at ease. And ever since then, I haven't gotten to any altercation. People have been trying me and I still just kept my ease because I allowed myself to meditate on the truth. And that truth liberated me. That doesn't mean that I don't continue to stay watchful over myself, but I make sure, okay, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices and do not be ignorant of the divisiveness in your heart that's trying to separate you from the Christ-like character. Emotional triggers, what triggers you? Because whatever gets you out of your character, the devil will come and destroy you and you will, you will not be able to meet, be like Moses. You won't even be able to get into the promised land because the emotional desires of the people will cause you to do things and you can't even get into your promised land. <clears throat> so you have to observe what are those emotional what am I triggered by? And the best way to put your emotions at ease is to make sure that you have truthful pillars in your mind wrapped around by the word of God that lets you know this is how you operate in this manner. Another satanic device that's sent against singles is V, vanity. He wants you to have a vain life. He wants vanity. He wants you to be prideful of his life. The Bible talks about in 1 John, I believe, um, um, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Those three things are evident in everybody's life. The lust of the flesh, that is evident that was evident in the Garden of Eden. Let's break that down. Lust of the flesh, that she looked on the fruit that it was good for food. Lust of the eye, it looked it looked good. It was it, it was a uh, it was enough to uh, what it was the scripture it says it was good for food. Lust of the flesh, it was good to the eye. Lust of the eye, and it was a, it was going to make her wise, right? And that's the pride of life. Those three things are the angles by which the enemy comes at us. He says with Jesus in the garden, the same three. He says, why won't you turn this stone into bread? Lust of the flesh. Won't he took him to a high place and revealed to him all of the kingdoms and no no it showed him all the kingdoms. Lust of the I. And he said, bow down to me and I'll make you a, 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 a king or a ruler of all these nations. Proud of life. The enemy wants you anchored here so that you're not productive in eternity. He wants you so anchored in this earth life that you are of no eternal value. Listen, you got to be valuable in both areas. You got to allow your true value to come from eternity so that you can be valuable in the earth realm. But you lose your value, even though you may have gained value, gained money or whatever, you lose your value. 
when there's no eternal endorsement. I do not want to do anything that God is not endorsing. And that's what you have to understand is what you're doing right now. Does it have eternal value that when you do something in the earth, it echoes in eternity. Eternity rejoices that you are executing well in his life. But if you are vain in your thinking and you care about fashion, you care about money, you care about houses and cars and you care about success and being number one, all that stuff, that's vain. I used to have, I had to deal with my vain vanity. I wanted to be, I want to be, I, well, there's, there's desires to be uh, the most effective uh, preacher in the world, but I had to change the way I view that. I was trying to be number one and that was consuming me for some time that I got into this goat mentality. I want to be the greatest of all time. I had to dial that back and realize that he's the greatest of all time. And, and wherever I stand in, in, in this work, I'm not going to rejoice that demons are subject to my name. I'm not going to rejoice in the fact that I helped a bunch of people. I'm not going to rejoice in that, but I'm going to solely rejoice that my name is written in a Lamb's book of life. If that ain't your sealedness, if that doesn't seal the real joy in your life, then you will be pursuing vain things. Another satanic device sent against singles, I, insecurities. He knows all I got to do is develop the right weapons that are go that will connect and go against your insecurities. Wherever you are insecure, he will come and, and and build a wedge in that area, and that's where uh, your your the downfall would be. Just goes with um, emotional triggers. If you easily triggered, if you're easily triggered because you're insecure in that area. So when you deal with your insecurities and allow your insecurities to be secured in Christ, then no device that's sent against you will last because you will combat that attack knowing that you are secure to him. Even when your insecurities are in his healing process and you still feel a little, a little emotional tug because we're humans, nobody's going to get to the prestige, perfect place of, of, of execution. But when you are dependent on God, the Bible says when you submit to him, I love that verse. It says, James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. That's all you got to do. You just got to submit your will, submit your mind, submit your heart to God. And in your submission, you are resisting because when you resist him, you resist him from your position in your submission. And then in that he'll flee because he knows there's no attack. The Bible talked about that. He left Jesus to a more opportune time. He tried to come through the Pharisees. He tried to come through Peter. He tried to come through different people, but he had to leave for a period of time because Jesus proved his position as submitted to his father. Insecurities. Where are you insecure? He's going to attack, those demons are going to attack that area every single time. If you don't deal with your insecurities, that weapon that has been formed against you will prosper because you haven't allowed the person of God to heal that place in your life. Next one, Satan's devices against singles. Next I, idols. All he got to do is say, okay, let's observe. The demons are like, let's observe who this person loves more than God. His goal is to get you from uh, from a place of intimacy with God to a place of idolatry against God. Anything you love more than God, that becomes, you become an enemy of his. What I mean by enemy, <clears throat> now you become counterproductive to the productive work of Christ in your life. <clears throat> so you got to ask yourself, what person, <clears throat> what thing, what ideal position or place do I love more than God? Because whatever that thing is, whatever that thing is, he will use against you because that will be the main device that he used to drift you further and further and further away 
from God. Idolatry is where all sins find their roots. Deep down inside, you are attached to some kind of savior, whether it's, whether it's Jesus, the ultimate savior, or these temporary saviors. And you don't find out that they can't save until you find yourself at the end. And, and at the and not end of life, but at the end of their ability. See, Christ is the one that can save in any area, in any arena, and if you save you from any attack. But when you get so caught up on marriage will save me from the vials of this singleness, that money will save me from the vials of singleness, or this will save me, then when you get that money, you get that person, and you still have the same patterns, the same problems, you're going to realize these temporary saviors cannot save. The woman at the well is a, is a testament. Jesus talked about that if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And she was like, what you mean? Where can I get this living water? And he was talking about, and she was talking about, well, this well is the well that our forefathers built. And what Jesus was telling you says, I am from the father. You can't get so caught up on the well that was made by your forefathers. You got to drink from the well that was made by the heavenly father and you will never thirst again. But so many people keep going to the same well over and over again due to their thirst. And they keep going to these idols. They keep going to these situations and they never find themselves filled and thirst quenched. But when you go to Christ and you really drink of, of the living well and allow the Holy Spirit to be that living well in your soul that your life's roots are anchored in, that it doesn't matter when the seasons change, your leaf won't fade because you got the Holy Spirit as the living water nurturing every branch, nurturing a branch of you as a husband, nurturing a branch of you as a man, nurturing a branch of you as a father, nurturing a branch of you as a leader, nurturing the branches of your life as a woman, a wife, a mother, a a, a a woman of God, though all those different branches, because all of your roots are in him. And then from you being rooted in the Holy Spirit, working and active in your life, every branch will be strong enough to be able to handle it because you are in the vine. He says, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. If anyone is in me, you will always find yourself sustained to bear the right kind of fruit. Satanic devices that sent against people, Number uh, another I, simply individuals. He will send people. So many people are demonically influenced by witches and warlocks, and they don't even know it. They're, they're, they're conf confused and controlled by people who intentionally were uh, aware in, uh, they, they work for the devil knowingly or unknowingly. You got to watch who is around you because every person in your life was sent there. Nobody randomly comes into your life. They are sent there. Every movement in the world is pushed as a chess piece by some spiritual opponent. <clears throat> so you got to understand who, who moved this piece close to you as a king, close to your queen, close to your chess piece. Who moved that piece? Who moved that person? Because every person comes with some type of spirit in them, even the spirit of God or the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of Christ or the spirit of Antichrist. And you got to make sure you don't get so desperate for the need of friendship, so desperate for the need of relationship that you got a demon as a husband, a demon as a wife, a demon as a partner in business, and then all they are is a ticking time bomb that over time, you'll find a switch up on you and the bomb blows off and your business is destroyed, your marriage is destroyed, your kids are crazy, going, going crazy. And you're like, how did this happen? Because the demon inside that person is very patient. 
They're waiting for the most opportune time to cause the most destruction. They don't want no little destruction. They don't want no oh, little explosion. They want catastrophic destruction. They want you to be destroyed generationally. They want such such destruction that that molestation, that abuse, that rape, that that lack of father, that lack of mothering, that blow up, uh, that caused at, when you were six, that blow up that happened to you at twelve, that blow up that happened at twenty was so significant. That 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 explosion, that that radiation from that explosion is affecting everything down the line. Now your children and children's children, children's children is reaping the fruits of that destruction, period. So what you have to understand is all it takes is one person beside you and around you for long enough to cause you to become emotionally attached, that when that person has lost their connection to you because the demon done took that emotion from you, you understand how demons work. Demons, people genuinely in that moment feel connected to you. They Because they don't understand that they're operated by demons. Demons will bring a person in your life and they genuinely like you. And then when the demon has had is full of you, when a demon has got you to the, the, to the extreme of emotional connection, that person's face change and that person like, I don't even want you no more. I don't like you no more. I don't even know why I don't like you no more. I got to go. And all of a sudden, that person leaves or stays to either stay to cause even more destruction or that person leaves and blows you up. And now you wonder why you're still single because you haven't dealt with that explosion. But I'm so glad God sends aid. I'm so glad God can patch up any explosion and help you redeem the time. But you have to make sure for this one time in your life that you take some time to observe every person in your life and examine their personality, examine the fruit that they pull out of you, examine the type of person they pull out of you, and you will be able to recognize uh, this one was sent by the devil. This one was sent by God. I bet you can look at every ex, every person that was in your life. You can tell that person was sent. And the wisdom I just gave you, be like, you know what? That person genuinely liked me. But I remember the day. I remember the week. I remember the time where that person changed up on me. And I was drastically affected. You got to watch out for these individuals. Another Satan device that's sent against... Um, Singles is C, comparisons. He always tries to bring people that's just enough beneath just beneath you, just above you, significantly beneath you, significantly above you. Now, what does that mean? <clears throat> he wants to bring people around you so that you compare uh, uh, in both ways. He brings he likes to utilize people who are beneath you to keep self-righteousness thriving in you so that you always make comparisons and that you begin to think that your, your sin don't stink, that you begin to look at other people and be like, well, I'm not as bad as them. Thank God I'm not as bad as them. And so self-righteousness is a satanic device that continues to build in you because you begin to compare your haughtiness against other people's low place or he brings people who are above you so that you make comparisons and then you have a, a self-hatred and low self-esteem and a low self-validation because now you're comparing yourself with someone that has more and then you caught in this, this area of, of, of stagnation because of comparison. So what he does, is he allows people beneath you to catch your attention, people above you to catch your attention, to keep self-righteousness growing or to keep self-hatred and, 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 and uh, envy and jealousy growing. And you got to make sure that the only person, the only two people that you compare yourself to is Christ 
and the person you was yesterday. And when you do that, you will inevitably grow because as you continue to look at Christ as the image, you will continue to grow in his character. And when you compare yourself to who you was yesterday, you will begin to make improvements so that you will no longer be staying in the area. Let's keep going for time's sake. Another satanic device that's sent against individuals, e, um, eagerness, eagerness, eagerness. He wants to make you eager. He doesn't want you to be at a place of ease. He wants you to be eager. He wants you to make, he wants to make marriage so beautiful in your eyes as the fruit on a tree. He wants marriage to look so amazing. He wants, he wants ministry to look so amazing. He wants this way of career and creative expression to look so amazing that you lose sight on the preparation that's need to be prudent over that place or position. He doesn't want you to investigate. He doesn't want you um, to do your due diligence about what it is, what comes with marriage, what comes with ministry, what comes with money, what comes with managing an amazing career. He doesn't want you to do your due diligence. He just wants you um, to make it your due season. So what he'll do is build eagerness inside of you, draw you into a season that you're not prepared for, and then an explosion happens. You settle with the wrong man, he explodes. Settle with the wrong woman, she explodes. And then you find yourself so messed up that that most people are so dramatically affected mentally and emotionally. And since churches are not equipping people to handle spiritual warfare, and since churches are caught up on letting you know that everything's going to be all right, and these modern day secret silly churches are, are only keeping you shallow, then you will never come out of that sunken place and you will never thrive in your relationship with God to then become prepared, then to become ready for the season that you design. That's how he works. He knows most people are not equipped enough to handle what comes with the explosions that comes from eagerness. If you are extremely eager for a thing, you will not be effective for that thing. You got to investigate and discover the evidence of that thing that you that you're excited about. See, there's nothing wrong with being excited. Just don't be eager. You got to you got to make sure you are in truth does this. The right perspective will it will it will, it will cause your excitement to be contained. It will cause your excitement to be contained. It's nothing wrong with being excited about being married. It's nothing wrong with anticipating success. It's nothing wrong with that. But you are wise enough to know that I do this for the Lord. I don't do this for my self-seeking self, but I do it for a greater cause. So God, take however long and prepare me. One of the satanic devices you got to be aware of, E, eagerness. Number, number seven, S, satanic devices that are sent against singles, sinful habits. He wants you to continue to practice sin. Those who practice sin will never see the person of God for eternity, will never be with him eternally. Because those who practice sins has no evidence of, of the presence of salvation. So what he does is, and there's some people who are saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> but they're still practicing certain sins. And he knows the best way to make you fall is to tempt you. Sin comes after the conception of your thoughts and temptation. When your thoughts and temptations become intimate, sin is conceived. <clears throat> and what after sin has been conceived, after it has become fully grown, brings forth death. That's in James. The devil understands that the best way to, is to get your thinking to become intimate with the temptation. And then when they have had their moment birthed a sin, 
And when you continue to practice that sin over and over again, despite the warnings, then there will be death in your marriage, death in your singleness, death in your mind, death in your emotions. And like I said before, most people are not equipped with the righteous mindset that says, I'm a son or daughter of God, so I can repent from this sin and become released from the veins of it and the power of it and walk effectively. But most people sink within condemnation. They sink in the comparisons and allow their self-righteousness to guard their sinful practices. What I mean by practicing sin, <clears throat> practicing sin is doing the sin over and over again intentionally despite the consequence. Now, there's a difference between practicing sin and being pruned or pride out of the practice of sin. Now, let me make that plain because this, thank you for asking that question. What I mean by that is this, practicing a sin, knowing that is wrong with pride, that's the issue. The enemy wants you to protect your practice of sin by pride. I don't need God. I don't want God. I love this sinful habit more than I do the Savior. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. But if you are a person that's growing and maturing, but you find yourself still doing the sin because you're, but you don't desire to do it. You truly, deeply don't want to do it. You're just not aware of how to overcome it. Then we're not talking about those people. The Holy Spirit is patient and understanding enough to know um, you're just not ready yet and that he's working on you to eventually be out of the, the, the practice of that sin because you truly desire to no longer practice it. You love God more than you do the sin. But we're talking about those who allow pride and the blame game and the ex excuses to guard their sinful habits. I will, I do this because I blame my mom. I blame my dad. That's why I do. That's pride. Oh, I make an excuse. Well, this makes me feel like this, so I'm going to do it. That's pride. All those those reasons or explanations are rooted in pride. We're talking about those who practice sin pridefully despite <clears throat> the help of the person of God. Great question. Next S, another satanic device. Man, I don't know if I'm going to get through all these. I'm going to do a part two. Uh, another S, satanic device, is suggestions. One of his greatest weapons and devices against us are his suggestions. He's a smooth operator. He's a smooth communicator. He's a smooth debater. You see what I'm saying? And he's a smooth hater too. So, so he's smooth at it. He knows how to use words. Look, he calls even Adam to fall. He, he is, he is, he is a slickster. He is smooth with his words. He knows just how to twist it, twist a suggestion in your mind to make you believe that you're valid for doing something vain, to doing something that's going to cause you pain and that you end up gaining nothing. He is smooth. And his ultimate objective, his number one weapon, is suggestions. That that weapon is what opens the doors for deception, that opens the doors for demons operating doubt, emotional triggers, vanity, insecurities, idols, individuals, comparisons, eagerness, sinful habits. It's suggestions. He is cunning and crafty. That's right. He knows just what to say to make you go the wrong way. He is smooth. So you got to know the word. You got to be seasoning the word because it's your seasoning in the word that helps you to be able to spot the demonic suggestions, the toxicity and the and the and the poison within such beautifully articulated articulated um, suggestions. Man, you you. But if you don't know the word, you won't know what to do. It, Jesus was hungry. Why would you turn that bread? He had the power to turn that bread, that stone into bread. But he says, my food, he said it twice. My food is not up to, my food is do the will of the father. So you got to have something greater. You got to be a specialist seasoning the word enough to be able to spot 
the uh the satanic suggestions in something that looks so amazing. The last one, my last satanic device is sight. He wants your faith to be blinded by your sight. He wants to affect the way you see things through suggestions. Why well, won't you look at it this way? Yeah, I know God said not to eat from this fruit, but think of it this way. The devil knew good and well <clears throat> because he sinned. He knew, well, I didn't surely die when I sinned in heaven. I didn't surely die. So, so, so let me let them put, let me put them on this demonic game. Listen, listen, I know God, man, come on. I, I know God. Did God really say, ah, oh, man, I know God said you will die, but you're not going to surely die. Surely die means, that's, that's, a, that's slick right there. Surely die means there will be death. You won't surely die, but you'll die. And what, what happened was they weren't able to process it because they was like, well, I'm thinking death, death. No, the devil was like, we're talking about spiritual death that leads to physical death, which leads to eternal damnation in hell. So so he, he will say stuff that you won't surely get pregnant. You won't surely get infatuated. You won't surely get caught up. You nah, you better than that. You love God. You surely won't. He'll change the way you see a thing and he'll make that no good man look good enough, that no good woman look good enough. That thing that the devil has been warning you about looks so good and you'll be like, I got to bite from it. And once you bite from it, <clears throat> then you're demonically affected. Say 10 devices, deception, demons, doubt, emotional triggers, V, vanity, I, insecurities, idols, individuals, C, comparisons, E, eagerness, S, sinful habits, suggestions, and sight. Let's talk about next point. I got some time. I'm at the 48 minute marker, but I pray y'all learning something. Um, how he how he devours those. Uh, he devours those that are not spelt devours. I can't. That's right. I can't. Listen, that's how he does. He wants he wants to bring things that look sweet, that looks enticing. That's eye candy. That's a good point. Thank you for putting that. He loves eye candy, <clears throat> but poison inside that candy. Now. The Bible talks about that First um, Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober-minded. Being sober-minded means being single-minded. And we're going to talk about double-mindedness next week. So I won't labor too much on being sober-minded because I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. But sober-mindedness is you are not emotionally affected mentally by things that cause you not to see what you need to see correctly. So he wants you to be sober-minded. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded. Don't be intoxicated mentally. Don't be drunk mentally. Don't become distracted mentally. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Those who watch and pray don't fall into temptation. He says, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Be discerning. Be slow. Be, be, be investigators. You see what I'm saying? Be watchful. Your adversary, your enemy, your opponent, the devil, prowls around like, he were like a roaring lion. He roars, not like, not the, the Bible says he doesn't bite like a lion. He don't come biting. He comes like a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. He seeks, see, lions don't waste too much energy um, pursuing the healthiest gazelles. The healthiest gazelles, they, they're, they're going to run faster than a lion. The lion does his best. The lions do their best to separate the weak from the strong. You heard, you see Animal Planet, of uh, Animal Networks, <clears throat> and how demons, not demons, but lions are strategic. 
that there's one you the, the, the lion you shouldn't worry about is not the lion that's chasing you, it's the lion that's at the trap after the chase. So there's one lion that comes out in the midst of the gazelle just to cause disruption. That lion's job is not to bite, that lion's job is not to attack. That lion's ultimate job is to separate the weak from the strong. So the lion goes out and he roars and he runs, but that lion's job is to get get them running. And as they get them running, the weak, the baby gazelles, the weak gazelles, the sick gazelles will not be slow enough to keep up with the herd. And the herd will not be watchful enough to try to protect like elephants. Elephants are different than gazelles. Elephants and other animals will kind of keep the weak in between and utilize the strong and outside. But gazelles are like, shoot, we out. You know what I'm saying? You know the memes that they talk about when you see people running? That's how it is. They just like, you know what? I don't got time to worry about it. You got to keep up. So that first line is what causes disruption. The next line is the one that separates. The third line is the one that attacks. So you got to understand the devil has a system. <clears throat> he has demons that causes disruption, gets you running, gets you whatever. And if you are weak, you won't be able to withstand <clears throat> Or outlast the lion, and you won't be able to keep up with the saints. But when you, but that line that caused disruption is leading you into a place of the person that's going to make sure that there is a definite separation. The first line just wants uh, distraction. The second line wants uh, distinction. The last line wants destruction. And so the devil is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. He devours the weak. That's why you got to build yourself up in your most holy faith and, and be strong in the Holy Ghost <clears throat> so that you will be able to outlast the pursuit of a lion or to be able to withstand. Or whatever, whatever, don't, but he devours those that are this. <clears throat> and I spelled the word devours. The devil devours those, number one, D, who's desperate. He devours those who are desperate. If you are desperate, you are easily devoured. If you're desperate for marriage, desperate for money, desperate anything, he will devour, devour you. Next, he devours those who are non-disciplined. He devours those who have no disciplines. He says, if you continue, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will be proven to be my disciples indeed. You will prove, you will prove to demons, you will prove by, to demonically influenced people that I can't mess with this one. I can't, I can't really affect this because this person has been proven to be not a disciple of a disciple, but disciple by Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So he devours those who are not disciplined. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your tongue. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your taste buds. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your eye. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your hand. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your feet. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your emotions. He will devour you if you're not disciplined with your thoughts. Wherever you lack discipline, if you are not diligent to allow the Holy Spirit to bring truth in that area, you will be devoured. <clears throat> He also devours those, D, who's easily distracted, self-explanatory. He devours those who, ooh, I read, I read this. Oh, look at that girl. Oh, look at that guy. Easily distracted. He also devours those, E, who are emotionally unstable. If you're emotionally unstable, <clears throat> you are setting yourself up to be devoured. You got to have emotional stability that comes from the easings of mind that comes from the engaging with God. He devours those who are emotionally unstable. Number three, V, he devours those who are vengeful. 
He devours those who are vengeful. He devours those who are consumed with anger, consumed with hatred, consumed with vengeance, consumed with trying to prove to their mom that there's somebody vengeful, trying to prove to their dad that they're better than vengeful. He devours those. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. He says, you don't have enough in a bank account to really make change in that person. You think you're hurting them but you're not really effective. He says, man, I will repay, says the Lord. Says the one that is Lord over you. You don't have to pay them back. <clears throat> Let them go do that. They're hurting themselves. Do not allow those who are hurting to cause you to become a hurt internally to try to hurt them back. The devil devours those who's vengeful. Notice in Ephesians, it says in verse 12, chapter six, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. You know you've been devoured when you are in debate or in a, in, a, in a destructive emotional battle with someone, you're already devoured. But when you recognize the demon in the midst and you operate accordingly according to the word of God, man, you will become, you will, you will, you will succeed. He devours those, number four, who are opportunistic. He devours those that want to capitalize on all opportunities. These individuals twisted the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, you can't do all things through Christ. <clears throat> you can't do all things. I can't do soccer through Christ who strengthens me. I don't want, I, I, uh, that's not all that's for me. I can do all the things that are exclusively for me through Christ who strengthened me. Jesus will not strengthen you in anything that he did not uh, 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 desire to you to steward. He will not. And, but so many people are so opportunistic that they every opportunity they go, but opportunities are not, are not all opportunities are for you. Some of them are, are sent by the devil <laughs> to distract you. <clears throat> so that's why you just can't accept every job. You just can't accept every opportunity because the devil knows how to bless you too. The devil blesses quicker than God because he knows God doesn't bless. God blesses based upon ability. He blesses based upon maturity. The devil just blessed to stifle that maturity and to stifle your availability, which leads to you having premium and uh, optimal ability for God. He devours those E, I mean you, D-E-V-O-U, those who are uneducated, those who are ignorant. <clears throat> You're so welcome. Those who are not uh, uh, wise in the things of God, he, he still devours those who's educated. We're talking about educated with uh, with educated and, and with wisdom evident. There's a lot of people who know the Bible from front to back, but, can't, but don't apply it. But he devours those who are truly uneducated. He, 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 it's hard for him to devour those who are truly educated. He devours those who think they're educated enough because he says the the, um, the the small things of the world will confound the wise. He says, man, I will use foolish things to confound the wise because some people think they're so smart, but they have, but their smartness is not evident because not evident in their actions. But the devil devours those who are uneducated. The Bible says, my people, I be trying to tell people all the time. The Bible be trying to put you on game. The Bible says, he says, my people perish due to a lack of knowledge. You are perishing right now. People are perishing due to a lack of knowledge. Eating foods, not looking at the ingredients. Uh, uh, and welcoming people without looking at the ingredients of people. They're perishing due to a lack of knowledge. Let's keep going. He devours those who are, are self-righteous. Oh, he devours those people. 
you know, he devoured the Pharisees. He devours these Pharisees of the day, those who are self-righteous. If you're self-righteous, self-righteous means that you, your righteousness is your your value is in how more righteous than you are than the ratchet. <clears throat> See, what keeps me in real righteousness is comparing myself is is welcoming, embracing the righteousness of Jesus. I don't got time to worry about nobody else's righteousness. I got my own righteousness to get rid of. You see what I'm saying? But when you always comparing your level of righteousness to another person's level of righteousness, then you will get into a place of righteousness, which will cause you to be devoured by the devil, cause you to be distracted to work on your righteousness. And most self-righteous people got more righteousness than the ratchet people because the self-righteous are blind to their own righteousness. They're blinded by other people's righteousness from their own righteousness. But when I have the righteousness of Christ, I am humble and realize that I'm only righteous because of him and that humbles me and, and, and helps me to live a righteous life. He devours those who are S practicing sin. We already talked about that. He devours those who practice sin. He also, he also devours those who are slow. <laughs> he devours those that are slow. People who procrastinate. He devours. Uh, I guess I'll get there. He devours them. Let's keep going. I think I had another point there. I think I printed my old notes. I think I had some more stuff there. Uh, I think I had something with slow. Let me make sure I pull up my notes from um, LifeWord real quick. I just want to make sure. I think, I think there was another S word. For y'all who downloaded their original notes, you probably already have that S there. I think I put another S there if I if I can remember. Uh, let me pull up my notes here online. I think I printed the old older one. Stagnant. There we go. <clears throat> slow and stagnant. He devours those who are slow and stagnant. There's a certain pace that God wants you to be on. And the devil's ultimate objective is to devour those who are slow and stagnant. Now, our weapons, the Bible says um, in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, are not carnal, but are mighty through God or have divine power to destroying the strongholds. Man, I want to get, ah, that, that'll take me two and a half weeks to break down this right here. Um, but for t we're going to get, we're going to get to these things a little bit later in the course. These, these problems of singleness is going to lead us to the, the, the patterns of singleness that will kind of help us understand and process these more. But the weapons, our weapons, these for teaching purposes, give me some time to break these down. <clears throat> our weapons, here are our weapons against the devil's satanic device. We talked about that Satan's ultimate objective is to stifle your singleness. He wants you um, to be distracted by deceptions, cause you to be ineffective for the divine work that God has for you. And we talked about the type of satanic device. We talked about the type of people he devours. We talked about he devours those who are desperate. He devours those who are non-disciplined. He devours those who are easily distracted. He devours those who are emotionally unstable, vengeful, opportunistic, uneducated, self-righteous, those who practice sin, slow and stagnant. He devours those people. So we showed you the problem. We showed you the causes. Now let's break down our weaponry and our armor. And for those who want more information on this, and Lord will, I may do a part two. We'll see. You can download my book for free, World War Me, on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I feel like I'm a rapper sometimes. Now, our weapons. I spelled the word weapons. Come on. Y'all know Coach going to get it. Coach going to make sure you have enough in one video to gain understanding, to gain wisdom, and to have enough to apply. Now, <clears throat> our weapons. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty. You cannot defeat a spiritual entity through natural means. 
You defeat a spiritual entity through supernatural uh, power that comes from the spirit of God. Okay. Our weapons are these W. Our weapon number one W is our worship. Your number one, not your number one, but one of the weapons against the satanic devices in your singleness is your worship. We're not talking about the worship you do at 11 o'clock on Sunday, 5 o'clock on Saturday, whenever you have church. We're talking about your lifestyle that that the Bible says they he that God is looked, the Father is looking for worshipers, those who will worship him in spirit. And in truth, true worship is when you are worshiping in truth, when you are where your the truth has been has been uh, acknowledged and it, it is applied in your life and it's evident that that's a weapon against the devil. The devil cannot defeat a, defeat a person that's living righteously. It's hard for him to defeat a person whose life is a worshipful fragrance to God. You got to understand <clears throat> that the, even with Saul, uh, Saul, he disobeyed God. He said, man, uh, Samuel said, hey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Saul thought that, okay, I heard what God said. I heard God said I shouldn't sleep with this person. I heard what God said, but, but, you know, at least, at least, at least I, I gave him some worship. At least I sat, you know, I, at least I <clears throat> sacrificed some time on Sunday to go to church. At least I sacrificed some time to read my word. At least I sacrificed some time to do this for God. I guess God can appease. God doesn't appease uh, 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 false pleasures. You see what I'm saying? He he's not gonna he's not gonna be pleased with with things that that you're practicing. So what he what Saul Samuel was saying was, what's these bleeding of goats? What's this that I hear? Did not God instruct you to kill every person, to kill every cattle, to kill everything? And most people think that their worship is fragrance. No, your worship is an odor because God's saying, man, you worship me. But your hearts are far from me. You worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And that's what you got to recognize. You got to say, am I a true worshiper of God? Am I good with my shout? Do I know how to sway my hands? Do I know how to conjure up the right amount of tears to show everyone around me that I'm that I, I reverence God? God don't give a flip about what you do with your hands in worship. He cares about your heart in obedience. So your worship is your weapon against the devil. It's mighty. When you're really living a life that has been inspired by and infused by the righteousness of Jesus and the help of the Holy Ghost, it's hard for him to attack you because you are in a constant state of, 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 of a usability. That's right, heart posture, usability. See, you're pleasing to God. God's God pleased with you. He loves you. You're a son or daughter, but he's not pleased with your actions because your actions could be hindering a, 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 a help to hurting people. One of your greatest weapons against the devil's uh, weapons is a worshipful lifestyle. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, God, at least I sacrifice. So God don't care about the time you sacrifice in prayer, you sacrifice to go to church. Those things are good. But if you have the wrong heart, those good things are done for the wrong things. Because the reason why most people do these spiritual things, because they think that if I do this, God is obligated to bless me. God ain't obligated to bless you. If, if all he gave you with Jesus, that's enough blessing. But most people want Jesus and don't get me wrong. God will bless you. God, good things, God gonna give you good things, but 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 if you were trying to manipulate God, you can't manipulate the master of all masters. You can't manipulate him, and most people think because we were conditioned as children to operate manipulatively, and we think that since churches and pastors have brought God down from His divine holy, that if I do these different things, God is obligated. Not God ain't obligated to bless you for nothing.
If all he gave you was Jesus, that's enough. But but what I'm saying is, is that we cannot act like we can manipulate God and make God do things and our hearts are not right. You got to live a life of worship, a fragrance. Uh, uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. True praises are people who worship him or praise him in spirit and truth. One of your, another great weapon against satanic weapons against you is the word of God and our words. Those are your another two great weapons. Word, the word of God. Jesus attacked every angle of the demonic onslaught against him, even in his weakness in flesh with the word of God. If you don't know the word, the, listen, if you don't know the word, you ain't going to be able to win. It's the word that defeats him. But you have to understand, your adversary knows that book. He has perverted the book. He tried to twist the book through different versions, like the NIV version. He He's trying his best to, to twist it and get people caught up in the twisting of the false teacher's words to get you in a, a, a docile state where you're ineffective. But when you know that pure word of God, that's your bullet. That's your weaponry. That's what you use to defeat him, the word of God. The devil came to, to Jesus with the word. He talked about how uh, will he not give his angels charge over you? Uh, uh, won't he? All these different things. But Jesus knew the word. And he says, for it is written. If, if you don't know what is written, then you will be smitten. If you don't know what is written, you will be easily smitten. So you must know the word of God and you must understand that your words have power to the point. Now, you got to know your words have power. You got to make sure your words line up with the word of God so that when you speak a thing, you won't speak death in your life. For life and death is in the power of the tongue and you will speak according to the word because the word brings life. W, your weapons against the weapons of the devil is your worship. Truthful worship, the pure word of God, and your words that submitted to his word. Now, another one that's another weapon against the enemy. I think I have, I, I, I printed the wrong notes. Uh, yep, wait and waiting. Wait and waiting. Uh, another weapon is when you cast your cares. Your weight. <clears throat> I lay aside every weight that so easily besets me. I cast my cares on him. That's a weapon. Because any care you carry will be a care that's going to carry you away from God. A weapon that you use against the devil is to cast your cares on God, to trust him with it. The other W is to wait. Your great One of your greatest weapons is your ability to withstand, your ability to wait. Your ability to stand firm, your ability to stand in the midst of trial. And under the trial is purifying you to equip you to be a better person, effective for God. Your weapon is, I'll wait however long. Ooh, the devil can't do nothing with that. And you're singing this? The devil can't. It's hard for the devil to attack you if you say, however long, God. You know where you are. God bless you. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for giving. God bless you and your family. Always learning from your teaching. God gets the glory. Thank you for giving. Uh, he knows. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You're one of two people. Either you're a person that's saying how long or you're a person that's saying however long. If you're a person that always says how much longer or how long, then you're truly not waiting on God. You're not truly serving. But those who say to God, however long, contentment is a beast against the devil. Contentment is an amazing weapon against the devil. If you're able to say, God, however long, I'm enjoying you. But if you're distracted by time, you'll be timed out. You see what I'm saying? Which, which leads you being tapped out. 
your greatest one of your another great weapon against the demonic weaponry is your ability to wait your ability to serve God, your ability to withstand, your ability to cast your weight on him. Another weapon, I'm going to make sure I got the right notes. Uh, okay, that lines up. All right, E, one of your greatest weapons against the demonic weaponry is E, God's enough. When That goes with waiting. A great weapon is when the mind is 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 in is aware of God being enough. It's hard for the enemy to attack a person who's... Who is in love with God? When your wife is enough, a woman can't tempt you. When your man is enough, no man, no no uh, other man can tempt you. When when God is enough, no demon can tempt you. It's that simple. When you begin to realize that this this God is enough for me, it's hard for the doubt. It's hard for the devil to attack you. Contentment is a weapon, is what I'm trying to say. God is enough. And if God is not enough to you right now, and you're because God is enough whether you believe it or not. <clears throat> so I'm not sitting there saying that, oh, God's not enough yet. No, God is enough. That's right. God is with contentment. It's great gain. I love that verse. God is with contentment. You content in your singleness, you have greater gain than someone who's married. <clears throat> those who are content in God have a greater gain than those who have gained a husband, gained a wife. Because just because they have a husband don't mean that person is a husband. Just because that person has a wife doesn't mean that woman is a wife. Some people have gained pain but having gain, gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I love that text. Your one of your greatest weapons is contentment, which means God is enough. Another one is an applied holistic education. When you study to show yourself approved, a workman that's able to rightly divide the word of truth, then it's hard for the enemy to come against you. When you're able to, to, to uh, apply what has been taught, you have holistic application in your life, man, you're effective. It's hard for the devil to attack you when you have holistic education, when you know why you believe what you believe. So many people have an emotional connection with God and don't have an intellectual one. You have to have both. You can't, you cannot be effective one-sided. You, if you overly emotionally connected to God, then you could be easily swayed when an Islamic person or Muslim or some other person of the faith comes with strong intellectual uh, 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 stances and you're jumbled in your mind. That happened to me at 23 years old. That's what got me into apologetics. That's what got me into understanding deeply what I believe so I could be effective. If you don't know why you believe and who you believe and why you believe it, you'll be easily knocked off into unbelief. So you got to be able to be holistic educated. Now, on the flip side, there's so many people who don't have emotional connection with God. They're overly intellectualized. So they know the Bible. They know apologies, but they have no heart for God's people. They always want to debate people. They don't even have a heart for the people who don't agree with them. See, when you have both, you have enough empathy, enough education to make you effective. See, God wants you to have the, the right amount of education, the right amount of empathy to make you effective. When you have the right education, but you have empathy, then you know how to uh, uh, diversify, distribute that education in a loving manner that, that people can be affected by it, potentially changed by the Holy Ghost. Woo! Our weapon, one of our weapons, A, against the enemy, against the devil, A, accountability. A person that's not held accountable is going to be surrounded by demons with saliva coming down their fangs. 
You got in order to be safe, you got to have accountability. You cannot be a lone ranger. You cannot be an island, at least be a peninsula. You see what I'm saying? At least be connected to some type of mainland. You don't want to be your own land. You got to be connected to the mainland. And so many people want to be their own land, their own island. Ooh, they want to be their own island. Island. This is my land. This is my land. I want to be exclusively by myself. I don't want nobody checking up on me. I want my private sin or whatever. But you got to be a peninsula. You got to be connected to the mainland. Accountability is a weapon against the devil. Another weapon real quickly, because uh, I've been going an hour and 15, is P, perspective. Having the right mindset and having the right thought patterns is an attack on the enemy because you will begin to cast down vain imagination. You will be able to have the right type of filtering system in your mind to be able to process vain imagination. The Bible says, um, Oh, here we go. Second Corinthians 10, 45, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but I'm mighty or to have divine power to destroy strongholds. I'm, I'm a, I'm a King James version guy, but it's ESV. I like both, but we destroy arguments. We destroy his suggestions. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion. Lofty doesn't mean the top loft. It just means it seems big. It seems right. It seems smart. Lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. In order to destroy arguments and lofty opinions, you got to know God. You got to know him intimately. You got to know him, uh, 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 all of his attributes. You got to know him against knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You got, in order for your thoughts to obey Christ, you have to obey Christ. In order to destroy these suggestive thoughts and these thought patterns, these perspectives is to make sure that you obey Christ and that you have the Holy Spirit as a filtering system to help you distinguish between what's vain and what's valid. Let's keep going for Thompson. One of our weapons that are against the devil in your singleness and everywhere, oh, obedience the devil can't the devil can't defeat you if you obedient you see what i'm saying he can't defeat you if you're obedient uh that's why obedience has been a sacrifice obey god just do what he says not because he's yeah just do it because he said it is that simple the reason why you do what he says is because what he says has power you know if, if the lights the sun and the moon which are the lights that has been separated to light up this world this earth this uh with plane if if those things are still sustained by let there be then you got you will be sustained by whatever he wants you to do if you do it another weapon um that is against the satanic order and weapons against you all right that's correct it's in nourishment you gotta be holistically nourished you gotta take care of this body it don't matter how great you are spiritually it doesn't matter how if you out of shape you won't be effective. You got to be nourished. You got to take care of this vessel. You got to take care of this body. You got to take, you got to be nourished physically, nourished mentally, nourished emotionally, nourished spiritually. You got to be nourished physically. Gotta make sure you look at the ingredients of every food. You got to make sure you study these ingredients and, and, and their side effects and make sure you understand um, how to eat well. You got to make sure you nourish mentally, that you are nourishing your mind with the word of God so that you can think accordingly, so that you won't be, no mental disease can come in your mind causing mental health issues, mental illness. You got to be emotionally nourished. You got to make sure that you are entering God's joy. The joy of the Lord is what keeps emotions at ease. You got to be
be nourished spirits. Make sure you're not listening to false teachers. Ask the Holy Spirit if these preachers you watch online and, and watch if it's even if it's me, because you don't know. I, I must I know I'm gonna stay with God, but you gotta you gotta make sure you ask God, hey, hey, is is what coach saying real? I don't want you to take my word, I don't want you to take my words at face value. I want you to take my words by the value of the word of God. If it don't line up with the word of God, disregard everything that I had to say. That's why I don't give my opinions. I give what he wrote. You see what I'm saying? But you got to make sure that you're properly nourished with the right doctrines and the right teachings that you're not swayed <clears throat> because there are false teachers in this world. And we'll talk more about false teachers, but there are false teachers in this world that are sent to subtly destroy you. So if you feel that you're shallow and you're not growing and you're not loving Christ more and more every day and you're not becoming Christ-like more and more every day, then you're in the wrong church, my friend. And you're probably in a cult. Another weapon that is effective against all satanic weaponry is S stewardship. If the enemy can't 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 cannot destroy your money if you are a good steward of money. God, the devil cannot destroy your time if you're a good steward with time. The devil's not going to be able to destroy your children if you're stewards of your children. He won't be able to destroy your marriage if you're a steward of marriage. It's hard for him to destroy the things that you are stewards of. Now. Our armor, I'll have to break that down some other time. I'll probably talk about that later on in the course. Um, but you can get my book for free, and you can study the armor at your leisure uh, from my book, World With Me. But the armor is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet shod with the preparation of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of spirit. I'll break those down really quickly. The belt of truth, truth holds everything up. It's hard to go to war when you're not tied by truth. Wherever there's a lie, there's a loose area. And that loose area will cause you to trip up in life. Everything, you got to be fastened by truth in every area so that you can be able to fight in a war. It, it, it's going to be hard for you to fight effectively in the world if your pants are sagging, if your pants are not tight, if your shirt's not tucked in, if your armor's not intact. Everything is intact by the truth. The breastplate of righteousness, you have to allow the imputed righteousness of Jesus to guard your heart, that you are righteous in the eyes of God. And that righteousness that's been imputed by Christ onto your life is what releases the power of the Holy Ghost that inspires righteous living and that will enable you to, to live a better life because of the righteousness that you didn't deserve, that you didn't earn, but was freely given because of the death that Jesus took your sin, gave you his rights so that you are accepted into the family of God. But in that acceptance, now you are applying the truth of God that leads you to live in a righteous life. The feet shot with the preparation of the peace. Your shoes got to be good, man. You got to be able to have grip in those shoes. And the greatest grip are those are those Air Force Peace. You know, no, that's bad. That was corny. It, it, those peace, those peace, those peace ones. You see what I'm saying? I got my shoes. I'm peaceful. Wherever I walk, I bring peace. The shield of faith is an extension of you. It's an extension. That's the only armor besides the word, besides the spirit. That's an extension. Before before doubt or anything hits you, it has to hit your faith. Your faith has to supersede you. Your faith has to be an extension of you as a force field that neutralizes demonic attack because your faith is beyond you. The helmet of salvation is knowing that you are renewed. Uh, 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 your mind stays constant and understanding that you are saved from 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 uh, from pain, from prop. You saved from uh, sin and you saved for a purpose. And a sword of the spirit, that's your only weapon. Your only weapon besides those other ones that are used effectively is the word of God. So that's all I got for you all today. I'm going to give y'all some time to get y'all's questions in. Hey coach, where is the link to get the online version of the word with me? Oh man, let me get that for you right now. 
Uh, I, did I put, I didn't put it on my, let me put it on the website right now so I can make sure y'all have it. I'm going to put it right there in the chat box for you right now. Hey coach, where's the link to get the, oh, okay. Hey coach, did you get the vision boy? I showed it. I got it today. Um, I'll make sure I look at them thoroughly. So that's where you get the free book. I'll make sure I put it in the, let me put it in there right I sent it in an email for those who are already signed up. But if you knew that link right now, take it to that book. <clears throat> uh, but I have activity there on my website, lifework.teachable.com, my course site. And the activity is this. Take some time this week to see where you are in regards to potentially being devoured. We are commanded to be watchful of and not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Take some time to go through the exercises below and see where you are and make the adjustments where needed. The activity is very important have a thorough activity there um it'll kind of help you see where you are in regards to the points that we covered today so if you want that worksheet if you want those resources you can get them now at lifework.teachable.com hey coach what's wrong with the niv bible i want to make sure i'm reading the correct version of the bible the niv there's a lot of verses that are missing they had a witch on their board uh in the development of that uh uh version of the bible um, do your research. Just do your research on NIV Bible. Um, there are certain Bibles out there. Uh, NIV is the predominant one. It's interesting how the NIV Bible has been the predominant Bible in the last two or so decades. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of verses that are missing. Let me see if I can pull up some of those facts right now. What's wrong with the NIV Bible? <clears throat> uh, let's see. Yeah, just do your research. It has a lot of points. So there's a lot of twisting of certain words. There's a lot of things that's just not right. <clears throat> so that's why I stick with the ESV Bible and I stick with the King James Version. King James uh, first and ESV is my the two Bibles of choice for me. You, you use discernment by the Holy Spirit on what other Bibles to use, but do your research. Make sure you're reading the uh, the Word of God for real, for real. When is your wife going to join you live chat? Yeah, I told my wife she's going to pick. I think she's, um, I forgot which ones that she's going to join me on. Um, but there are certain um, topics that we're going to do together. So she'll be in here shortly for sure. Uh, let's see, other questions. Can they still be sent by God to teach a lesson to certain seats? Okay, let me make sure I got you, Leandra. What's your question? <clears throat> Can they still be sent by God to teach a lesson in a certain season? I don't know exactly what your angle is coming from. Let me see if you post it down here somewhere. Okay. Make sure you post that again, Leandra, and I'll make sure I answer it for you. Uh, let's see. Okay, where am I at? Okay. Uh, yes, Coach, being obedient. That's right. I visit a church that my friend goes to, but I'm having doubts about it. The pastor calls himself an apostle. Is this possible? Um, there are exclusive apostles and there's people who have apostolic giftings. Uh, anytime you see a person that self-proclaims themselves and you can tell that they're kind of consumed with their title, don't trust them. Anybody who cares more about their title, but not their names being written in the Lamb's Book of Life and not walking in the, in the character of their calling or their giftings. If you notice that that person is walking around a certain kind of way or is all about them, you can notice those different type of human traits. Unfortunately, in 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 faith, there are anybody could be a pastor, anybody could start a church uh, without God. You see what I'm saying? Um, that's why you have to discern deeply 
um, is a is this man or woman uh, who's 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 teaching or preaching? Is this person effective? Uh, but there there were exclusively apostles who were um, selected by Christ. Those apostles had sent, they were sent ones with special ability with to the canonizing or uh, contribution to the Bible and different things like that. But there are people who have apostolic ability, but they don't have exclusivity as the apostles that were selected by Jesus. Um, but those real apostles, people who are sent ones who tear down and build up, who are used by God today, are not equal to the apostles that he's chosen, but they have apostolic ability. But those people... The true, the true, a true apostle, a true person who have that that calling, or that that those abilities, they won't let you know. They won't tell you. This very humbling uh, 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 office that he said I gave to the church apostles, pastors, teachers, and all them different people. But if a person is overly consumed with the title, then 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 they're going to be entitled. And you got to watch out for those. So if you have doubts about the church, because some some of these churches are using um, uh, mysticism, are using uh, uh, hypnosis, are using spells. Some of these men, women in, uh, in the church are are witches and warlocks. Uh, anytime you see a friend or a family member overly consumed with the man of God, a woman of God, that they treat them like they are God, they're up under a spell. And that person is either using spells intentionally, using mind control intentionally, using uh, mysticism, using new age, using hypnosis intentionally or they're copying their forefathers who are the devil they just copying their techniques that's causing the same effects so if you have any doubts get out great question jamelia white says kimberly the niv has changed the word oh, yep say up change the wording while i had no idea and i read that version all the time that's why god is faithful to let you know now get you a good esv study bible and or a good king james study bible or new king james you should be good to go Sassy Satan says, what if you have constant thoughts to commit the unforgivable sin? Um, the unforgivable sin, which I'm beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you're talking about the uh, impardonable sin, which is blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Blaspheming the Holy Ghost is not reserved just in words. It's in the constant actions against the work of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Holy Spirit and being in opposition of the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what that means. So if you keep having that thought, the devil's just trying to get you into a place where you're condemned, thinking that you did an unpardonable sin and, and, and trick you into thinking that there's no hope for you, that you continue to live a life of sin because you believe in your mind as a hope for you. But we're talking about those who are so rooted in pride, heart so hard that they're that they are resisting the Holy Spirit's ministry in their life. And that's the impartable sin. Stephen Ramsey Jr. says, hey, coach, did you get my response email for 530? I sure did, family. I did. I think I thought I replied, but I didn't. 530 on Saturday, my nephew. Uh, let me find out tonight or tomorrow when my nephew's game is. Uh, he has a tournament uh, Friday and Saturday. And uh, when I find out those times, I'll let you know. If you don't hear from me, Stephen, my brother, if you because hold me accountable because I charge to my head, not my heart. My heart, I, I be trying, y'all. I'm a human. Uh, so charge to my head, not my heart. If you don't hear anything from me by Saturday morning, by 11 or 12, hit me up. Keep, hit, keep Send me as many messages as you can until you get my attention because I, I gave you my word. Jamelia White says, Kimberly. Oh, y'all yeah, yeah, still talking. Uh, oh, man, I scrolled down too far. All right. Woo. Is the King, New King, just version right? I've been... 
Mm. All right. What questions, y'all? Oh, yeah, I got good questions. I'm sorry. There we go. Hey, coach, how to find good accountability? Great question. Uh, good accountability is sent by the one who is good as God. He knows the right people that's good for you, who cares about you, good people who desires to bring good fruit out of you. So the, my, let me make sure I make it plain. You do not go looking for accountability. You just be held accountable by the Holy Spirit. In the meantime, remain accountable to the Holy Spirit. Walk in the application of the word of God. Until God sends you the right people. The right accountability are people who have accountability, number one. Good accountability are people who don't mind accountability, who have accountability, and you see the fruit of that accountability. Look at that. Any, If you're a brother, look at the way, uh, look at his wife. Look at his children. If his children are going crazy, his children doing stupid stuff, his wife looks downcast, don't look happy, he's not good accountability. It doesn't matter if he got a big church, but if his family not big, if his family's not solid, he ain't going to be hold you accountable. You also got to make sure you use discernment. A person who is holding a person of accountability who's good to hold you accountable are people who don't act in sin. They don't, they just don't do it. If they make mistakes, you won't notice it because they already got they, they're quick on their feet to overcome it. They acknowledge it, they give it to God, and they, they're aware of it. They they uh they assess, adjust, and advance, but you don't see no uh constant slip up in their life. Accountability are people who who have accountability. Accountability are pe good accountability are people who have fruit of accountability. And accountability, good accountability are people who take care of what needs to be taken care of. Because how can they guard you? How can they take care of you if their family's not together? So don't in the meantime, allow the Holy Spirit to hold you accountable until you become become made aware by the Holy Spirit of the right accountability to hold you accountable. Great question. Um, and single, single, is that normal? Uh, Jamil, what are you, let me see what you're saying. Why thank you, Jamilia. 24 and single, single, is that normal? Yeah. Man, listen, singleness is a gift. Until you understand that singleness is a gift, you won't unwrap it. The reason why many people are not effective in their singleness, they haven't unwrapped the gift of it. Singleness is a blessing. And, and 24 and single, you're still a baby. You're still young. That doesn't mean to make you feel bad, but you're still learning. Me at 24, I'm so glad. If I'd have got married at 24, man, man, oh man, I would have been the sole reason why my marriage would have been uh, sabotaged. Um, but being 24 and single is a blessing. It's a blessing being 34 and single. It's a blessing being 40 and single. It's a blessing to be single when you're maximizing that singleness, when you're engaging that singleness, and when you recognize that you're not alone. And you're not desperate for anything. You're not pursuing anything. You love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Anywhere, any singleness, no, no matter the age, if there's contentment there and character development and craft development and Christ-like image bearing in that singleness, it doesn't matter how old you. That's a blessing. Because some people are single because God has a specific timing for things to happen to spawn a specific action into the world. So just like uh, John the Baptist's mom, she was barren for a reason. But in the process of her being barren, you could tell that she was excited to have a child because she began to say, "God, Father, you took the a reproach of women away from me. There's going to be people going to talk about your singleness. They're going to whatever. But when God reveals the reason why you were single, everybody's mouths will be shut. But make sure you're single because of God. Make sure you're not single because of you. And that's what you got to understand. So it is, it, it is is very normal to be single at any age if you are content, if you're producing Christ's character, if you're producing, uh, uh, you're developing your craft and you're enjoying it because you know just how amazing and, and, and 
pressurized. I want to say pressurized, but but um, how heavy marriage is. So you got to get in the gym. Singleness is a great gym to go to if you want to lift marriage. If you want to lift ministry, you gotta you gotta get to know and go through the modules and the trainings of your singleness so that you will be conditioned for the le- for the stages after it. And so it's normal. It's okay to be single. You got to change the way you look at your singleness and see it as a gift so that you can unwrap it and see what God has in that box for you. Hi, could I have the website? Uh, uh, the website for what, my friend? Uh, let me just post uh, post that again. That's the website for the book. Let me post this, the website for the course. Uh, and that should help you there. My other website is imunplugged.com. Uh, I'll give you that link as well so y'all can have all that right there. Okay. Leandra says, can the counterfeit be sent by God to teach a lesson in a certain season or are they specifically sent by saying all counterfeits are sent by the devil? Just because it's sent by the devil, whatever's sent by the devil, whatever's sent is, is based upon your consent. And what I mean by that is uh, whatever's sent in your life if you, if your heart is right, it's a test. If your heart is wrong, it's a temptation. The enemy's going to bring things and God's going to allow things to be brought, but it's going to test the fruit in you or it's going to, it's going to uh, test the poor root in you. You see what I'm saying? So, so when things are sitting in your life, if you are walking in things of God and you're growing in maturity, it will just be a test. And it'll be a test to see where you are in maturity. It will test you to see where you are in growth. It will test you. But if your heart is carnal, it's a temptation based upon your consent, based upon uh, the indent of Christ in your life or the consent of, of your desperation for a thing will determine uh, uh, what side of the ca- category you're on, whether it's a test. Oh, OK, it's a test. OK, let me see what I learned. From my past, let me check my notes. Let me check the word of God. Let me check my mentor. I got a tutor. I got the word of God. It's an open book and a tutor test. So I could talk and let me pass this test. But if your heart is just is all over the place, it's a temptation. So 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 a, God doesn't send counterfeits. He sends counterparts because nothing nothing evil comes from God. All good comes from the, the father of lights. Um, so the, God is not going to send a thing that's going to cause you to sin with that thing. He's going to send the thing that's going to cause you to be strengthened within. You see what I'm saying? So uh, uh, a counterfeit can be used by God because you allowed it. God can use anything for your good. God can use anything to turn it around, but he, he's not the one that sent it around you. You see what I'm saying? So, so when you understand that now, now a counterfeit is sent by the devil, but God can use a counterfeit that's sent by the devil for teaching purposes, but God never initiates that lesson. The devil does. So just don't welcome a counterfeit to learn a lesson because you don't want to learn those kind of lessons. You don't want to learn from behind. You want to learn in, in, in stride. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to learn from behind and you don't fail and you still in second grade of Christianity when you're supposed to be in ninth grade. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So the goal is for us to go from glory to glory. So counterfeits are sent by the devil. Counterfeits are used by God based upon you allowing it for your good. But God never sends counterfeits. God will never send anything that's going to make you sin with it or sin within. Great question, though. Oh, uh, Oh, S. Brown says, good point. Female apostles, uh, I'm not well versed on that. I'm, I'm still learning about women in ministry. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, at this point in my walk with God, um, 
God uses women. That's all I can say. God uses women. And so at what levels? I don't know. I'm still learning about that, but God can use women. So at this juncture in my life, because uh, there's a lot of debate about women pastors and stuff like that, I just know God can use women. God can use a man, he can use a woman. So uh, that's just my answer for that at this point in my life. I'm not up for debate on that because I'll study it some more, but God uses women too. So as far as as apostles, apostolic nature, I don't know. I just know he, he uh, all apostles were men that I knew of. As far as the 12, he has 77. I got to read it. I, I got to read it. I just got to study it. So, but God uses women too. Man, I'm 24, never been on a date or had a boyfriend. Is that normal? Yeah, God, but God, you are blessed. Yes, it's not normal in this world system, but it's, 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 it's not abnormal. It's normal to God. That's great. Listen, don't, listen, man. Dating is overrated. You know what I'm saying? Dating is overrated. Uh, um, I did a video on that about, I did, I answered a question, I think last week on dating. Um, but you gotta understand that is not abnormal. That is perfectly fine. You don't need to have a boyfriend to understand what it means to have a husband. Um, because if you, if you date God and date yourself, you will be dateable. You'll be maritable. You know what I'm saying? And you'll be ready. And God through the Holy Spirit will show you how to be a wife. Some things you don't need experience. <clears throat> what I mean by that, you don't need experience when you are engaged with God. You see what I'm saying? When you have encountered God, you don't have to have experiences of sin or experience of, well, let me, let's stay with each other and see if we are uh, co uh, compatible or we can cohabitate. Oh, no, you don't need that. That's the world's method. That's the world's logic. You don't need to. You don't need to do a thing to be prepared for a thing for certain things. Because why? I need the Holy Spirit. Marriage is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural work. You don't need to be uh, well experienced with with boyfriends and girlfriends to do it right. You just got to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, and He'll make sure you do it right. So don't feel discouraged. Everybody else gonna make you feel bad about that. Oh, you getting old, man? They they listen. Don't waste your time. Trust God. You'll save more time that way. Great questions. I got time for maybe two more, uh, maybe two or three more and I'm done. Reaching High says, hi, coach. How to deal with potentially wrongful thought, taught theology? Great question. I have heard from several pastors that a Christian can commit suicide if they'll go to heaven because we are sealed. Great question. Now, when it comes to suicide, uh, um, suicide is, 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 is one of those things um, that has so many layers to it that only God knows. So from my standpoint on this side of eternity, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, cause there's so many nuances with it. We don't know if that person was intoxicated. We don't know if that person was, was, uh, led into, uh, uh, drugs and got mental health issues. And what about people with CTE? Uh, what about people who, who are under certain influences that 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 rushes in them, but they were they were walking with God at one point. They just got caught up in deceptive stuff, and and they whatever. Only God knows on that end. But when it comes to your first questions, um, you got to study to show yourself approved. The Bereans were a true testament of this. The apostles came to them and they said, "Okay, apostles, bet y'all walked with Jesus. Cool, bet y'all had fried fish with Jesus. I don't know if it was." Uh, baked with the with the lemons. I don't know if it was fried, but cool. Y'all ate with Jesus. Y'all walked with Jesus. Y'all got this gospel. Cool. What they did was, I appreciate what you gave me, but I'm gonna take what you said back to the Word of God. That's how you undo bad theology is by being a theologian yourself. Every Christian was is supposed to be a theologian. 
every Christian is supposed to be a theologian, period. Ain't no if, ands, or buts about it. You were not supposed to be at the mercy of somebody else's theology. You are not supposed to be at the at the uh, helm or at the at the uh, 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 mercy of somebody else's understanding of theology. You supposed to know theology for yourself. So you got to become your own theologian. Your pastor cannot be you. You gotta study the word for yourself so that you'll make sure that the depth that 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 the no preacher is giving you any false theology. So you gotta know the word for yourself from the greatest teacher that was given to you, his spirit, the spirit of God, who would teach you all things, show you all things, and every believer is supposed to be a theologian. So you you defeat wrong theology by studying the word for yourself, getting a good, getting good commentary, studying it, show yourself approved so that you'll be able to prove that you know how to rightly divide the word of truth. See, my pastor's great, but I got to know the word for myself because what if he starts slipping up? What if he starts saying crazy stuff? You know what I'm saying? I got I can't be moved by another man's mistakes. What happens is when you get when you are a prisoner of somebody else's theology, you're moved by their mistakes. Listen, if my pastor sinned today and I found we found out that he did something bad, I ain't gonna be that moved. I'll be disappointed, but I ain't gonna be moved. I got my own hope, I got my own joy. I don't want you to be dependent on everything I say. I want you to know the word of God for yourself so that what I say is confirmation. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is you got to be your own theologian, study the word for yourself so that you're not easily moved by these people's messages or moved by their mistakes. You got to know the word for yourself so that you'll be able to rightly divide the word of truth they're speaking because you know it for yourself. Not to try to bring them down. Keep it to yourself. Oh, he's off on that. She's off on that. But God still sent me here. God told me to be here because uh, there's probably things that I've said recently that I'm still growing in my theology that I will recant and remove in the future. And I have removed videos where I said some things that just wasn't theologically accurate because I've been in this for 12 years. So there's stuff that I said 12 years ago, six years ago, two years ago that I had to remove. Simple as that. So the best way to reverse bad theology is to know theology for yourself. Hope that. But let's break that, that theological doctrine down about being sealed. Uh, once, once, since salvation comes from God, you don't have to, you can't lose what was never given. You see what I'm saying? So what I mean by, I'm not, listen to my words. Don't, don't listen to the terms that, that are similar to what you've heard as a doctrinal imprint. But what I'm saying is, if you look at everything from God's vantage point, why would God pursue anybody who he knows won't accept him? He welcomes all, he don't, but, but he welcomes all. But but salvation starts from him. So those who are truly, who truly been converted, um, everyone who's a new creature, uh, um, that's a verse, uh, man, jumbled. Uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Any man that be in Christ, if you in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away, but all things are gone. If you truly in, you will never fall into, you will never, you, you may have bad patches. You may have bad moments. The Holy, the Holy Ghost is still working. Hope to help. Whew. Oh, let's see. Did I miss y'all? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Net Duo says, my question is, how can I better study the Bible? If I'm not that good at focusing on reading, if I listen to the Bible book and try to go along with the Bible, some things I don't understand, but I pray. Um, discipline is doing things you don't feel like doing for destiny purposes. So you have to have a greater why. You'll read 
You'll read anything if there is a need. You'll do anything if there is a if there is a drive, if there is a goal. And so what you have to understand is that you're studying in the word so that. You have to have a so that. Your so that is, I, st- I have to study my word because I'm going to have children. I am the husband of my household. The Bible says I'm supposed to wash my wife with the word. So I got to know the word to wash her. You know what I'm saying? I got to know the word to make sure I grow, I raise my children with fear and admonition of the Lord, like my mama would say. You see what I'm saying? I got to make sure I know the word to make sure as a preacher that I preach the word in spirit and the truth and in accuracy and solely through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have to have a so that I have to study so that my children, so that my family, so that when God used me to reach another person who's in, who's who's outside the faith, that I'm able to bring them into faith. I got to study the word for myself to make sure that when when tough situations come, I know the scriptures of courage, the scriptures of 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 of, of faithfulness can build up so that I can fight the fight. You have to understand I have to study the word because my word is my only weapon. So there's reasons why you just have to become aware of those reasons and 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 understand that those the word of God is pivotal and that you that most of the times the reason why you don't desire to read the word is demonic attacks. It's a lack of discipline and it's demonic. A lot of it is a demonic. You have a desire to read your word but you be like, "Man, I just didn't get to it." The demons made sure you didn't get to it. That's why you got to remove all distractions when it's time for devotion. And devotion, I don't, I don't want you thinking devotion as, oh, I got a good devotional. Oh, I read. We talk about deep dive devotion. We ain't talking about that shallow water. Oh, I read. Oh, that was cute and cuddly devotion. We talking about deep dive devotion. We talking about a time, a place. Now, there's times for the quick devotion. Don't get me wrong. In during your work, we talking about moments in your week and time where you can do a deep dive. Those type of devotions is when you're, okay, I'm, I need to get this word so deep inside of me to change me. And I can utilize these words and meditation and memorization as, as, as tactical uh, 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 attacks against the enemy to make me effective. And demons going to do everything. That's why when it's time for those deep dives or, or for the, the, um, the, the small devotion periods, you got to put your phone up because it's crazy. If you want to remember anything, try to pray and try to read your Bible. Go, try to read your Bible and try to pray. You'll remember everything you forgot. The demons will be like, oh, don't, don't forget to call your mommy. Mama call. Oh, your dad. Call your dad. Oh, oh, you, oh, do this. If you want to remember anything, try to do the one thing that you're supposed to do because distractions will try to come and divert your attention from, from the one um that can help you. So you just got to dev- you got to determine your why's. Why must I read? And all those things that I gave you in that forty hour and forty something minute marker should be able to help you to have uh, that hunger started. But you have to keep it. those who hunger and thirst have the right shall be filled. You got to be hungry. You got to. And when you read the word, the word will become distracting. You man, there be times I be in my word. I'm like, man, I've been in this thing for an hour and forty minutes. Because you get lost in it. Or I've been talking to God for two hours. You see what I'm saying? Or I've been meditating on this text for about 20 minutes. Or I've been on this notebook writing down different ways to articulate this text for 45 minutes. Because your spirit will just be like, it's all you eat buffet. The word of God is all you can eat buffet. Make sure your spirit at least get to the buffet line every day, possibly. Uh, Every day, for sure. Stephen Ram says, how do you give advice to non-Christians who have the potential to reject it due to its Christian-based influence while still preaching for God? Um, you got to uh, understand this, Stephen. Um, as, a, as a preacher, you got to be tactical. You have to be discerning. 
You have to be gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent. You got to be able to understand that not all soils are ready for your seed, the seed, which is the gospel truth, the word of God. And when you begin to understand that, you'll be able to say, I just preach it. I just preach it. I preach it. Like when I do my messages, I'm not there for everybody. I'm there. I'm there for everybody. I'm, I, my heart is there for everybody, but my words are not going to hit everybody the same way. There are certain people who, who the word is going to fall on hard ground and the demons, the uh, demons like birds will come pluck it up. Some, the word of God, when I speak, it's going to, in people's hearts are going to have rocks in it. But and they, the word of God won't get no fruit, so it will be easily plucked up. There's going to be some people who are going to have thorns in their heart. And those thorns choke the word to prove it unfruitful. And there's some people going to have good ground. My job is not to toil the ground. My job is to cast the seed. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, one plant, one water, another water, but God gets the increase. Holy Spirit starts it. God gets the fruit at it, after it. See what I'm saying? He toils the heart. All I got to worry about is casting seed. That's me preaching. Watering the seed is discipleship, making it plain for people. I'm watering that seed, accountability, discipleship, making it plain. But God gets the increase. That keeps the pressure off you, my friend. It keeps you from worrying about, did they get it? You don't got to worry about it because if they if it's meant for them to get it, they'll get it. So what you do is, even Jesus told his disciples, whatever city doesn't accept you, you just dust the feet off. Oh, you don't got to do that now. I'm just giving an analogy. Just keep it moving. You say, all right, well, cool. You don't want it? I'm out. So how do you give advice to non-Christians? You give advice through your life. Let your life, because your life, the Holy Spirit uses your life, then your lips. See, see, people are drawn by your life. Then when people are drawn because of your life, then they will take time to hear from your lips. But if you try to give people a word from your lips, but they can't, they haven't had an opportunity to see your life, those words, unless it's a supernatural moment from God where God wants you to evangelize and write, then salvation is present. But you're not going to be effective until people see your life. I have became the most effective for people who gets a close look at my life then people, don't, I'm pretty sure I'm impactful online, but y'all see, y'all hear my words and my words are powerful because of the word of God is the Holy Spirit. But most, mo the most effective moments in my ministry were people who had opportunity to see my life. And then we talk about, we're not talking about people in church. We're talking about people outside of the church who watch me at the job, who watch me <clears throat> at the store, who watch me on the court, who watch me wherever. Then they begin to ask, man, what you do? It's interesting. <clears throat> I never tell nobody. I'm a preacher. I preach the gospel truth. Do you want to go? That's just not my style. That's just not how I do it. What I do is, I, I before I tell them about the epistles and the gospels, I live the epistle and the gospel. You see what I'm saying? So, so, and then next thing you know, they'll be like, so what you do? Oh, you do that. And then what they do is, oh, I'll check your YouTube channel. And then they watch my YouTube video. Holy Spirit then begins to use the fruit of my life from people who watch my life up close. So how do you give advice to non-Christians who have the potential to reject it? So it's a Christian-based influence while still preaching for God. Just work, just know <clears throat> that some plant, some word of God gets the increase. Do what God tells you to do, but don't be effective. There's no response. Early on in ministry, I used to be affected by the response of people. I grew up, I grew up in churches where, you know, when a preacher talks, amen, hallelujah, and he's shouting and stuff. And I used to be like, well, when I preach, nobody say nothing. I used to get discouraged, but then I realized. I rather be in a room where it's silenced than a bunch of shouting because shouting can be a distraction. When people are silenced, that means people, the word is pricking. The word is like a sword going in, cutting. 
doing surgery. I, I, I don't got time to be like, I ain't the Bible says, <laughs> Ooh, shout you, shout you out of your shoes. But the demon's still in you. Nah, I want to preach the word that cuts. Even edification cuts. It cuts the doubt. It, see, see, no matter what, the word is a two-sided sword. It cuts both ways. Great question. Swaggy D says, best way to understand is also listen to sermons that more about story learning. Oh, y'all talking to you. Where could I get the worksheet? I just posted links, Gail. <clears throat> scroll down or scroll up. You'll be able to see those links. Or renew my, I'm a lady. Oh, gotcha. Titanil, amen. I embrace my singles. The Lord has shown me so much about myself during my singles. I, I only got time for maybe two more. We preach our own intelligence levels. Okay. <clears throat> I don't want to waste your time, but I've been battling fear. Unsure what to let it go. You're not, you're not wasting my time. You're not wasting my time, Rachel. I don't want to waste your time, but I've been battling fear. Unsure what to unsure of what to or how to let it go yet. Any suggestions? Um, let me find that verse for you. I can't get on the top of the dome. Uh, God's perfect. Because the word is what heals. Uh, cast out. Uh, sorry, y'all. Hold on. Like perfect. Uh, cast out fear. All right. I want you to study. <clears throat> I want you to get this verse right here. I'm going to post it down there for you. First John 4.18, Rachel. I want you to I want you to I want you to spend some weeks on this text. I want you to I want you to spend some weeks on it. I want you to meditate. It says the Bible says there is no fear in love, Rachel, but perfect love casts out all fear for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears have not been perfected in love. Love is a person, Rachel. Love is God. Uh, and the devil knows that the ultimate way to torment a person is through fear, which births anxiety, which births stress, which births wear and tear on the mind and the body. And so how to overcome or to win the battle of fear is to build your faith through fellowship with God. That sounds so cliche, but I'll make it practical with you. What you have to do, it starts with meditating. I need you to find scriptures on fear. I want you to go to openbible.info. Just go to Google and say scriptures on overcoming fear. Let me see if I can find that for you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to actually show you how to do it. Scriptures on overcoming fear. Let's see what it says. <clears throat> And openbible.info should be one of the top ones. Let's see. Here we go. What does the Bible say about overcoming fear? Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. There's no fear. You have no need to fear, Rachel, because God is with you. He said, Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Means I am the supreme ruler of the universe. <clears throat> and I will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. You cannot strengthen yourself through medication. You can't try to strengthen yourself from anything except for exercise and eating right. But you have to change the way you see God mentally and change the way you see your situation through the word of God. It says, I will help you. I will uphold you with your with my righteous right hand. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit, not a fear, but of power, love, and self-control. There's three things you combat fear with. That is, you combat fear with the Holy Spirit's power by acknowledging him in your life. Holy Spirit, I need you. You got to relinquish your will and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to overcome this fear. And he will. And through God's love, God, you love me. You are with me. You are present. And begin to see and document and track the loving track record of God that will build your faith in him uh, when you face trouble time and self-control. You got to get a sound mind 
and you got to steal your mind. So what I need you to do, I need you to write down everything that you are afraid of on a sheet of paper. And I want you to write beside it a scripture that combats that. And I want you to meditate on that, or that scripture against that fear. And I want you to change the way you think about the situation through the lens of the word of God and change the way you speak about the situation through the lens of the word of God and reverse engineer your thoughts and invert reverse engineer your talk so that you will be able to walk it. Right. It says first Peter five says, and casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. First John 4 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We just read that. Uh Psalms 91. I love Psalm 91. That's the scripture I want you to meditate on too. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God and whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the daily pestilence. He will cover you with his, his pinions. And under his wings, you will have refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow. I hope that helped you, Rachel. It's the word of God that strengthens you. And you, but you got to meditate on it, my friend. So I can only give you that. Now you got to do that, do your part. And you got to attack it with the word of God. Okay, my friend. That's all I got, y'all. I made a two. Hey, coach, did you ever go or heard of the one universe? I never heard of the one university. I'm sorry. I never heard. Is, is it pretty good? Ooh, why did I see your question, Jenny Travels? Why did I, why did I, why, 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 why must you? Why must you? Why must you? How do you know if you're single because of you? <clears throat> How do you know you are single because of you? You know you're single because of you because of sinful practices. You know you're single because of you because of poor intellect. You know you're single because of you if you're not able to say no. You know you're single because of you when you God is not in his rightful place in your life. You know you're single because of you when you are led by your emotions. You know you're single because of you because you ain't executing on your purpose. I just spelled the word single for you. You are single because number one, what I say for number one S, you're single because <clears throat> sinful practices. If you still practice sin, you're going to stay single. You're single because of you because you got poor intellect. You, you, you're you not able, uh, you're single because you're not able to perceive the world the way you're supposed to perceive. You have a carnal, self-seeking, uh, uh, demonic worldview on life. So you're single when you know your intellect and your perspective is not up to par where it needs to be. You know you're single when you are not able to say no to things that you know that you know you need to say no to. If you're not able to say no to anything, you'll welcome anything. People who say no are people who are content. You know you're single because of you, S-I-N-G. You're single because God's in his rightful place. When God's in his rightful place and is and is at the center of everything in your life, you have great success. Um, you know you're single because of you when you are led by your emotions. <clears throat> and, uh, and that's self-explanatory. When you're led by your own emotions, you led by how you feel instead of by faith. you led more by your emotions instead of by being educated by the word of God. And you know you're single when you're not executing. You know you're single because of you. When you, your purpose, you're not executing on it. So you know you're single because of you for a lot of different things, but those things are off the top of the dome. You know you're single because of sinful practice, poor intellect, not 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 saying no. God's not in his rightful place. You're led by your emotions and you don't execute your purpose. That's when you know you're single because of you. Another I, you know you're single because of poor intellect and insecurities. When your insecurities are dominant, um, you know you're single for a lot of different. I can go off the top of dome for many things, but those are off the top, top <clears throat> reasons why you are single because of you. 
You know you're single because of God. When you are thriving, you're content, you're growing in God, you're successful in your purpose, but it's just not God's timing. You're ready, but you're not released. You're ready, but you're not released. And you got to be okay with being ready for a long period of time. You got to be okay with living a righteous life and not allowing the suggestive words of the demonic to ruin your, your righteous living to, to cause you to be doubtful of God. But you know, you, you know you're single because of God when you're ready, but it's just not released yet because it's not the right timing. But you know you're single because of you is because when you're in sin, you got a bad intellect and you're caught up in insecurities. You never say no. You rarely say no. God is not supreme and God's not enough for you. God is not at the, number one. He's not at the center. You're led by emotions and you're not executing your purpose. I love you all. But the two-hour, two-minute marker... <clears throat> I pray this course and Q&A was a blessing to you. Uh, this video will post, so you'll be able to watch it over and over again. There will be timestamps. Man, I should say that in the beginning. There'll be timestamps. These videos be long. I know people's like, man, uh, Josh Coach, come on, man. But there's timestamps. Um, if you want to give the support what I do, a uh, mentoring program for sure. We start in February, I think, uh, mid-February. You can give towards that. Uh, you can support by books. You can buy. I got six books that I wrote. World War Me is free for you. You can get that. But if you want to get it because you like the books in hand, uh, World War Me, The Purpose of Singleness, which is the reason for this course, The Purpose of Freedom, which is a book on soul ties and strongholds, Dating Purpose, a book on dating yourself and the one that, that's confirmed for you. Uh, <clears throat> as he says, is a book, a children's book that I wrote and my book unplugged. That was the first book I ever wrote the top things to unplug from two card games, memory muscle and world, uh, memory muscle and dating preps, a card game, all those resources and ways to support and to give on my website. I am unplugged.com. I love y'all. Y'all know I do. Y'all be blessed. Get the lifework.teachable.com. Get the worksheets. So that you can be able to apply what has been taught today. My job is not just to edify you, but my job is to equip you uh, from God's optimal use. I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about double-mindedness and singleness and doubt and how people doubt the work of God in their singleness that leads them to double-mindedness, that leads them to self-sabotage. See y'all next week. Y'all be blessed. T-shirts on my website, too. Books on the website. Card games. Areas for you to give. Uh, anything else I'm missing? That's it. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.